The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and wonderful to be back with you yet again for another episode of the Business Elevation Show. And today we're going to be talking to David Newman about thought leadership marketing. But I'd just like to say first a big thank you to my guest last week. Um, her name was Lisa McLeod. Uh, Lisa uh, writes for the Huffington Post uh, and for Forbes. She's a sales expert. And she talked to me about, about selling um, with purpose and how much more powerful and how much more effective it is if you've got a very, very clear purpose for your business uh, and you know, sales, from her perspective, increase up to 350% when uh, Salesforce is really purpose-driven. So do check that interview out. Uh, you'll find lots of nuggets that will help you to sell even more effectively, whether you're a one-man band or whether you're a large organization. So if you're an aspiring or seasoned thought leader in your field, how do you effectively market yourself? A question that I ask myself quite regularly. And my guest, David Newman, knows how. David is a nationally recognized marketing expert. and He's author of the Amazon number one bestseller, Do It Marketing, 77 instant action ideas to boost sales, maximize, prof- maximize profits, and crush your competition. David runs a marketing and training firm. It's dedicated to helping speakers, authors, and consultants, and high-fee experts maximize their influence, impact, and income. And when I saw David speak last year at a conference in the United Kingdom, I thought I got to get him onto this show because he had loads and loads of brilliant, brilliant nuggets. David's instant action marketing advice has been featured and quoted in the New York Times, Investors, uh, Business Daily, Sales and Marketing Management, Selling Power, Forbes, Fortune, Entrepreneur Magazine, hundreds of media outlets throughout North America. And he's also got uh, lots of free marketing resources and tools and downloads at doitmarketing.com. So a huge welcome to David Newman. Hey there, Chris. It's great to be here. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, D- David, um, one of the little things that I found out about you uh, a little bit earlier is that you started off your career in theatre. And I wonder, how did, you know, did, did the world of theatre inspire you to become an expert in thought leadership marketing? Because they seem to be potentially poles apart. Well, so, you know, like most entrepreneurs, maybe even like most people in general, <laughs> what you think you're studying for in school sometimes ends up with what you're doing. And sometimes there's only a little bit of DNA, a little bit of hints, a little bit of clues. So I did, in fact, I, I have a, an undergraduate degree and a graduate degree. Uh, I have an MFA in stage directing from the City University of New York. And I actually did four years of professional theater in New York City, off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway. And 
uh, directing, assistant directing, stage managing. I was a literary manager for a theater company, doing all kinds of things. Um, and, you know, I think the, the dramatic impulse, the impulse to tell a story, the impulse to engage an audience, the impulse to uh, just connect uh, both intellectually and emotionally with an audience is huge. And, you know, if you look today, thought leadership, we're really in the audience business. We're in the audience development business. We're in the audience engagement business. We're in the, the audience influencing business. We're, we're trying to influence them to boost our careers, boost our businesses. If you're working for a large company, it's all about getting raised, praised, and promoted. If you're an entrepreneur and you're working for yourself, it's all about getting more clients and more money and more projects. So this whole idea of storytelling and influence and connecting on an emotional, intellectual uh, level is huge. And so, you know, by, by no, I wish I could say it was part of the grand design, Chris, but I think I just got lucky. And the skill set that I developed from my, my previous life, my previous career in the theater uh, has a very nice home and a very nice place in what we're doing today with thought leadership marketing for speakers and authors and experts. It's sometimes only when you, you you see the bigger picture when you kind of look back, don't you, and realize actually that was really helpful. Um, oh, absolutely. That, that, well, and I share this all the time, as I'm I'm sure you you do as well. That you know our our life, our career, our our jobs are just this crazy jumbled jigsaw puzzle. And when you put it together, and then you look back, right? Hindsight being twenty twenty, and you look back uh, as as a retrospective. You realize, oh my gosh, all of those adventures, all of those side trips, all of those experiences uh, have perfectly positioned me for what I'm doing today. Now, it didn't look like that when we were living it. It didn't look like that <laughs> when we were experiencing it. I'm sure there were many raised eyebrows and what, what's he doing now? What's this crazy man doing now? What's this next pivot? What's this next left turn in his career adventure. But certainly when you're on the other side of it, every piece of that jigsaw puzzle belongs there and you wouldn't be who you are and you wouldn't have the success that you have today if it weren't if if any of those pieces were missing. I think what you're you're saying is it's a wonderful reminder as well when maybe there's a period of time when things aren't going quite how you wanted them to or there's a an issue that you have to face. Uh, in your in your work or your, or your life, um, sometimes there's a real gift in that, isn't there? And we we sometimes need that for Very what's much coming so. next. Very much so. Um, and there's a uh, there's one of these internet memes that you've probably seen out there that uh, that says you know you are exactly where you need to be. And some of the more spiritual ones uh, e- even say you know where you are today, the, the spot where you are today. God has circled on the map for you. And whether that's God or the force or the universe or whomever it is we believe in, some higher power, I totally believe that. That, you know, wherever we are today, uh, that has been circled on the map and that's exactly where you belong. And if you're not happy with it, don't worry, this will come in handy later. Yeah, but that also, I guess, raises the, the point not to get despondent on yourself. If you're comparing yourself um, right now with uh, David and thinking, crikey, 
you know, I've got a long way to, to go. Don't let that frustrate you because you're probably exactly where you need to be right now. And we've all felt like that at some point. Absolutely. So how, how, David, would you define thought leadership marketing? Well, so it's funny. Let me preface my answer. A lot of people are rebelling now against this term, thought leader, thought leadership. They say, no, no, you never want to call yourself a thought leader. That's arrogant. That's pompous. That is, you know, if anything, uh, other people define you as a thought leader. You don't define yourself as a thought leader. And I totally understand where they're coming from. Uh, because obviously one of the definitions of thought leadership is that you have followers and they, 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 that people are listening to you, you, that you do, you are in the audience development and audience engagement and audience cultivation business. But I think it's important to recognize whether you call yourself this or not, and whether you label yourself as this or not, that we are in the thought leadership business. And here's how I define it. Very, very simply, very plain English vernacular. It's marketing for smart people. And when I say marketing for smart people, I mean people that are in the business of commercializing and monetizing their ideas. And this doesn't matter if you're an independent consultant, uh, an author or speaker like you are, Chris, like I am. It doesn't matter if you're a corporate executive. It doesn't matter if you're in government or healthcare or the nonprofit world. We are all in the business of marketing and selling our ideas. And it's our, it's our ideas as they apply to our career, as they apply to our company. You know, one definition of influence is getting people to do what you want them to because they want to. Isn't that great? Getting people to do what you want them to, not because you're telling them to or not because, you know, you're the boss or not because you're in any position of authority, but shaping the conversation so that they do what you want them to do because they want to. And getting people to follow along and getting people to come on board with your ideas, that's really the heart and the soul and the DNA of any kind of thought leadership influencer or thought leadership marketing. Uh, and part of that, a small part of that, is, of course, getting people to buy from you and getting people to invest with you or getting people to give you a raise or praise or promotion or whatever it is that you're after. But I think thought leadership marketing is really about uh, marketing and spreading and developing the platform for your ideas. And if, if you reject the term thought leader, then what you're really saying is, well, I don't want anyone else to buy into my ideas. I'm just perfectly happy being alone in my little box and my little silo here, and I don't need other people. And of course, I think in this ever more connected, interdependent world, uh, we always need more people. We need more smart friends. We need followers, we need fans, we need subscribers, we need customers, clients, prospects, um, internal audiences, external audiences. This is now vitally important to everyone's success. Do you think thought leadership, therefore, I mean, what I'm, I'm seeing it listening to you now is the, this concept of thought leadership as actually aspirational in some respects because what it can do is drive you on to become you know, extremely knowledgeable on your subject. And then I suppose the key then, which I often see in academia, and when I'm talking to academics who've maybe written books and only a few people have actually bought them because they don't market them very well, is you know, that ability which you're talking about to effectively get the word out. Uh, yes, very much so, very much so. I mean, so I think you're drawing a great distinction between thinkers, and I think 
academics by their training and by their proclivity uh, are excellent thinkers and they pride themselves on their ability to synthesize and research and write and present their ideas. It's not even about having the ideas. It's about spreading the ideas and sharing Mm -hmm. the ideas and helping others, really being of service, being helpful, being useful, being generous with your ideas. That's the real definition of a thought leader is someone who uses, um, you know, uses the mantra of being extremely helpful, extremely useful, and extremely generous to their audience. And that's, of course, what builds and multiplies your audience. And this is, when I say audience, I mean just, just literally audience, literally viewers, onlookers, listeners in the case of this podcast. And Chris, you're doing a masterful job of being incredibly valuable and incredibly generous and incredibly helpful to your listeners, whether they've bought anything from you or not, whether they hire you as a consultant, bring you in as a speaker, uh, buy and read your fantastic book. This is what we call pre-sale value, right? So our job is to get more sales, to get more followers, to get more subscribers, to make more money. It's not about what, what's the value that you deliver after you get paid. It's a, for a thought leader, what's the value that you're delivering before you get paid, and that's why. You know, the reason that we're doing all of this thought leadership marketing is so that we're demonstrating extreme value, extreme helpfulness, extreme generosity, and that's why we get paid. So that's a, that's a precursor. That is a, you know, that's become table stakes that we buy from people who have been incredibly helpful and incredibly generous to us even before any money has changed hands. I love I love that definition of it. I think it's uh, absolutely absolutely right, and uh, and is you know certainly I do. If people people are very generous and they give, um, I want to I want to work with them and I want to buy from them uh, potentially. But um, you know, people who you can authentically tell are doing it because they're giving people. Um, so what um, what is the number one mistake you find that people make when it comes to thought leadership? Well, I think, it's, I think it's getting sucked in, getting seduced, if you will, into old school marketing. And old school marketing and old school selling is really about pitching. It's about pitching and peddling. And it's really the antithesis of thought leadership marketing. So people say, well, no, I have a blog, I have a podcast, I have a website, I have you know, a video series, I have this very big online presence. And then you look at their LinkedIn, you look at their Facebook, you look at what they're doing on Instagram, you look at their blog, you look at their videos, and you realize, wow, all these people are doing is they're pitching and peddling and pushing and selling, and they, they think that all these new social channels, all these fabulous, wonderful, amazing technologies that we can use for good and that we can use for audience development and that we can use for tribe building – they're just saying, hey, I just got six new sales channels. I'm going to sell on Facebook. I'm going to sell on LinkedIn. I'm going to sell on my podcast. I'm going to sell on my blog. I'm going to sell in my videos. I'm going to sell all these new places. Isn't that great? And these are the people where their audience will leave them in a heartbeat, right? Because thought leadership marketing is about asking and inviting. So, so the, the four words that I like to encapsulate 
uh, you know, if people say, well, I don't like marketing, I don't like selling, I don't like talking about myself or my business or my achievements or my successes, I say, oh, great, forget about all of that. Four words that you need. Throw everything else out. Throw all the mental garbage out on the, to the sidewalk. Offer value, invite engagement. If you do those things, those two things that can be encapsulated in four words, offer value, right? Extend, extend the hand, the open hand with value, with resources, with ideas, with tips, with strategies, with, with guests, right? I mean, one of the reasons, Chris, that I love what you're doing with everything that you're doing, um, the podcast and the way that you've built your tribe is you are showcasing and spotlighting other experts, and by doing that, you are tremendously increasing the value that you bring to your listeners, your clients, your audiences, your prospects. I, I wrote about this. I have a blog out there uh, from a couple of years ago that says why your business needs to flop. And flop is an acronym for <laughs> feature and leverage other people. Feature and leverage other people. So people aren't tired of hearing from you. What they are tired of is they're tired of hearing from you about you. But when Chris says, well, hey, uh, here's Lisa McLeod, here's David Newman, here's this guest, here's that fabulous person, here's a great book you need to read, here's something else that you should, you know, you become known as the pointer out of cool things. You become known as the filter. You become known as the sorter. You know, you make sense out of all the noise that's out there. And that's another hugely overlooked aspect of thought leadership so the huge mistake is thinking that thinking that just social media marketing or thought leadership marketing is all about using these five or six or seven new channels to sell and to pitch and to peddle, and it's really about featuring and leveraging other people and being of extreme value and extreme service. Love it. And the wonderful thing when you do that is you learn lots yourself. We're going to go to commercial break now, and after the break, we shall get into in more of the detail about how we really get started with this. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one -one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The Leadership Hour explores what it takes to become a leader who inspires. Inspirational leaders drive higher creativity, lower turnover, and better quality work. Yet few understand their impact on others. We are blind to what we do and don't do well. Training can help, but only if we know our blind spots. To hear strategies for becoming an inspirational leader, join Christine Cowan Gascoigne on the Leadership Hour, where leadership and inspiration intersect. Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel.
You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with David Newman. And if you want some more information on uh, the shows that are coming up, um, some of my takes on the shows that have already occurred, um, then do go to chriscooper.co.uk. Do um, click on sign up and do join the newsletter community. Um, just send out about one a month, that's all, just to keep you updated. So, uh, David, we were chatting before the break about um, some of the mistakes people make when it comes to thought leadership. But what do you think are the benefits to being brave, standing out, and, and pursuing it? as opposed to we talked about maybe some of those academics who maybe got wonderful thinking, but sometimes the world misses out on some of their wisdom. Well, I think there is an element of bravery for sure, because the last thing that the Internet needs is more information. And this is sad news for a lot of people, sad news for some people listening. Chris, it might be sad news for you that the Internet doesn't need more information from you. (laughs) The Internet doesn't need more information from me. Uh, information is becoming a commodity. What, what we're hungry for, what we're dying for out there is advice, opinion, yeah. guidance, recommendation. Uh, if you can share your opinion, you can share your slant, you can share your perspective on the topic in which you'd like to become an expert or in which you already are an expert, that is gold. That is really gold. Because think about it like rocks and diamonds, right? Rocks are plentiful. You can probably step outside, you know, outside your building, outside your house, outside your office. I said, Chris, go go find me a rock. You can (laughs) find me a rock in about two minutes after you leave your front door. Rocks are, by definition, overly abundant and practically uh, valueless. Diamonds, on the other hand, are rare. And because of their rarity... Their value is astronomical. So, you know, facts and data and what I call same old information that looks like, sounds like, and acts like every other expert, every other speaker, author, coach, consultant, executive, thought leader, entrepreneur, stuff that looks the same, sounds the same, feels the same, those are rocks and those are commodities and those are, those are practically worthless. Where the diamonds are is what does Chris Cooper think about this topic? What does David Newman say about that? Where, where can you be a little bit controversial, a little bit braver, a little bit bolder, express your opinion, stand for something, make a recommendation, not only be for something, but be against something? So one of the questions that I always ask my clients and audiences is, who are you irritating? Who are you turning off? Because if you're not brave enough to turn some people off, You'll never turn anybody on. And that's part of putting yourself out there as a thought leader. And that's part of what's going to magnetize your thought leadership platform so that people pay attention to you. And it's okay if people say, oh, I have a love-hate relationship with, 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 with David Newman. Or even, you know what, some people love the guy. Some people hate the guy. That's fine. Because you know what, if nobody hated me, then nobody would love me. And it's the same, Chris, for our listeners. It's the same, Chris, for you. It's the same for all of us. We're all in the same boat when it comes to this. 
Excellent. Well, I think I think you make a really great point there because when you do put yourself out there, there's always somebody who's out there who's going to disagree with you. Uh, and actually, it's worth bearing that in mind, isn't it? That uh, it's okay to be irritating occasionally. Very um, much so. And, and stirring people up to think, really. Um, so, if you're you've decided you're going to be um, a you're going to pursue this this journey of being helpful, useful, and generous, and and being one who who uh, shares you know diamonds um, out there into the marketplace. How do you recommend people best get started with their marketing? Well, I think the easiest place to start, and I wrote about this in the Do It Marketing book, is a strategy that I call three PR. And 3PR stands for Personalized Professional Public Relations. Now, it's got nothing to do with public relations the way that you might know it as far as publicity or sending out press releases. But 3PR is a three-phase game plan. So there's three legs to the stool of a personalized professional public relations um, platform building strategy. The first leg of the stool is speaking. And I don't mean the kind of paid professional speaking that you do, Chris, and that I do. I mean just speaking to targeted groups, locally, regionally, maybe nationally. But where are your target market already gathering? What local chapters, local meetings, regional meetings, industry conferences and conventions? It could be a room as as small as 10 or 15 people, but if they're the right 10 or 15 people – And if it's a target-rich environment, if it's a prospect-rich environment where you know that your next two or three clients are are waiting for you, you should be adding tremendous value to those kinds of groups by speaking and by sharing your expertise in a a speaking uh, format. The second leg of your 3PR game plan is publishing. And again, Chris, I know your, your book just came out, fantastic book. My book came out a couple of years ago. I don't mean that you have to publish a book. Publishing can be very, very simple. It can start with something like your blog. It can start with something like an email newsletter. It can start by just publishing in trade and professional uh, journals or uh, the association publications of the industry that you want to serve, that you want to be in front of. So don't think of publishing as some big massive undertaking, it can be very targeted, very simple, blog, email newsletter, articles, association, trade, and, and, and uh, professional magazines. The third leg of the stool uh, for 3PR is social media. So getting involved, not in all social media, which is impossible, of course, but selective, selecting the two or three platforms where your audience is already gathering where they're already seeking advice, where they're already asking questions, whether that's LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or wherever it might be. Uh, but you know, don't try and be a master of all social media. And I'll tell you why these three strategies work together and why it's a great place to get started. The speaking builds your visibility. So visibility, it's basically speaking to a targeted group is like one-to-many prospecting. One-to-many prospecting. So speaking raises your visibility. Publishing, again, think of the mantra we talked about before the break, offer value, invite engagement. Offer value, invite engagement. Publishing is a fantastic way to build your credibility. So speaking builds visibility. Publishing builds credibility. And the social media engagement, that builds shareability or spreadability. 
So now your ideas can spread. Now your ideas can be shared, liked, retweeted, uh, commented on. And again, it's another way to invite engagement to have a two-way conversation or a five-way conversation or a 17-way conversation with the LinkedIn messages, with the Facebook comments, with wherever you choose to get involved in social media. It's a great way to engage your tribe. So that's where I'd start. I would start by operationalizing for you personally, what should your 3PR game plan be? Where does it make sense for you to be speaking? Where does it make sense for you to be publishing? And how can you engage where your prospects are already having discussions around your expertise on social media? Well, great words of wisdom there. I I was laughing uh, a few weeks ago, somebody um, I mentioned my book on social media and somebody came back and said, I hope you've, uh, you've said, you've put in your book, um, don't, don't waste your time on Facebook. And I thought that was quite, I said, well, I went back. So it's quite interesting because, um, that same day, Dr. Ivan Meisner had very kindly written a review on my book and it had 280 shares on Facebook and 110 on LinkedIn. Um, I just said, you know, I've just had remarkable demonstration of why Facebook is so great for sharing a message. Absolutely. I love that. You know, how could you reach that many people on your own? Yeah. Without, uh, without social media. How do you best understand your buyers and prospects to help you develop that, the marketing and the way you position your message? Well, so that's, that's a huge question, right? And I, I love that you're asking that question because a lot of people say, well, no, I, I, here, here, here's my product. Here's my service. Here's my program. Here's why it's awesome. And we're doing a lot of product and service-centric marketing as opposed to flipping it, which is an answer to your question, and doing client-centric or prospect-centric marketing. You absolutely have to understand your buyers and prospects on a much, much deeper level. So I always like to ask, what are looking at your, your the ideal prospects and ideal audiences, just getting back to that word audience, because we're really all in the audience development business. But looking at your ideal clients, ideal prospects, and ideal audiences, what are their headaches, heartaches, challenges, and gaps? Where are they frustrated? What problems do they have? Where are they not achieving their goals when it comes to what you and what your company is offering? And then you also have to understand on the positive side, what are their dreams? What are their hopes? What are their goals? What are their aspirations? What are they really looking to achieve personally, professionally, financially, with their family, with their real estate, with their parenting, with their relationships, with whatever it is that your products and services and programs help them with? You need a visceral, emotional, directly connected way to understand what they're thinking, what they're talking about, what's important to them, and specifically what words are they using, right? So getting client language in their own words is so vitally important. Now, the best way to do this, Chris, is, and again, we all have this data bank, but we're never tapping into it often enough or as deep enough. Simply replay in your mind All of the prospect conversations that you've already had, all the client conversations that you've already had, and replace specifically the exact language that they used when they were communicating to you why they need help, 
what they're working on, what's important to them, what makes them crazy, where they're, where they're hurting, where they have the challenges, the frustrations, the heartaches, the headaches, what they're working towards, what they'd like to achieve, what they're, what they're really looking to as their dream and their destination of once this problem is solved. And another little um, soundbite that I share with people is forget about your product, forget about your service, focus 100% on the value, the impact, the results, and the outcomes, the emotional outcomes, the sense of relief, the sense of pride, the sense of accomplishment, the sense of safety, whatever those emotional words are, once they solve that problem, how will they feel, right? So when we're talking about uh, the travel industry, a lot of times marketers and salespeople and entrepreneurs, we describe the airplane, we describe the airplane and the seats and the engines, and we never talk about getting to London or Paris or mm-hmm. wherever our destination is. So forget about describing the airplane. Let's start talking about the destination, and that's what's going to get that visceral emotional connection with your prospects and buyers so that you really understand them almost in a three-dimensional way. Excellent. I, th- I, think, I think one of the things I've found with this kind of journey is is that there are certain aspects if you are a communicator and and you are you know a great communicator and you've got your background in theater and the likes is that you really have to engage with you know lots of different styles don't you to really put this together um, because what may be natural for somebody to go out and speak um, and stand up and talk a slightly different style of person may be you know, much more comfortable in the publishing aspect and another style of person will be very good on social media or, or very good at doing the research piece. Uh, I'm just interested, do you need to really um, you know, build a team to do this? Well, so great question and also great, great distinction mm-hmm. about doing where, what we're comfortable with and what we're naturally good at. We just uh, I'm a huge believer mm-hmm. that all the marketing activities that you choose to promote yourself, your business, your company, your products, your services, they all need to be easy, effortless, and enjoyable. So exactly as you say, Chris, if you love writing, you should use writing strategies. If you hate writing, you should absolutely not use writing strategies. So no matter how much Chris loves writing, no matter how much I love writing, we say, oh, you have to blog. Well, no, you don't. Well, you have to write articles. No, you don't. Well, you have to write a book. No, you don't. If you don't love writing, don't use any writing strategies. If you love writing, go for it. If you love speaking, you should use speaking strategies. So speaking in person is a speaking strategy. What Chris and I are doing now is a version of a speaking strategy, Right? We're using our voice. We're using our natural conversational abilities. We're using our communication skills to help people add value, invite engagement, and so forth. But if you hate speaking, don't use speaking strategies. If you love technology, use technology-based strategies. If you hate technology, do not use technology-based strategies. And then finally, if you love people... And you love going out and like you mentioned Ivan Meisner, you love networking and you love referrals and building in-person relationships and having breakfasts and lunches and coffees. Absolutely. 
Use in-person strategies. If you hate meeting new people and you hate networking and you hate having breakfast, lunch, and coffee, then absolutely don't. Do not use in-person strategies and never believe anyone. I don't care if Chris said this before. I don't care if I've said this before. Never believe anyone that says you have to do blank because you know what? You don't. You now officially have my permission never to do marketing activities that you hate or that you find difficult, painful, and hard. Uh, I want you to only focus on marketing activities that you find easy, effortless, and enjoyable because those are the only ones you're ever going to implement. And the only ones you implement are the only ones that will ever be effective. I guess the truth is you'll always find somebody who's successful doing it in a different way than yourself. But you, you find a lot people with lots of different ways of doing things, don't you? I've, I, some of the people I have uh, who, who've grown businesses particularly quick in my network, some of them who I've supported actually haven't relied on social media. They've just picked up the phone. <laughs> you know? Absolutely right. There um, are many paths up the mountain, many, right. many paths. And that's it's right. up to us to choose the path that's going to work for us. So, you know, anytime that you ask any kind of guru, you ask Chris, well, Chris, what's the right way? What's the right path? Or people ask me, well, David, what's, what's the one thing I should do? I say, I have no idea. I, have, I literally have no idea. <laughs> I know who I am. I know my one thing that I absolutely have to do, my one or two things. Chris knows his one or two things, but they can be dramatically different from what you absolutely have to do. And it's about who's your market, who do you serve, what problems you solve, and what activities do you find easy, effortless, and enjoyable. Great. Well, on that note, we're going to go to commercial break. And then after the commercial break, there was one or two things that when I saw David speak that really had an impact on me. And one of them I've got in big, a big phrase right in front of me on my whiteboard. Um, It's been a number of months from that. And I look at that every day. So I want to just uh, uh, look at one or two of these uh, really interesting, really high value Aspects of David's thought leadership that I think will help you too. So do come back uh, after the commercial break. There are two types of leaders in business. Those who are nice, compassionate people. And frankly, they are the people who fail to get a lot done. Then there are those who can get everything done and so much more. But they are greedy, unethical, and self-centered. The Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks finds a way to use the best of both types of leaders to help you create a dynamic roadmap to success. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? 
How About Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, um, it's Chris Cooper here with David Newman. And um, thank you for joining us after the commercial break. And David, when I saw you speak, one of the things that I took away... And I alluded to, I've written on my notice board, it's in big letters, um, was to generate a sense of urgency. Do you want to tell us about that? Absolutely. Well, I think most entrepreneurs and most independent professionals, this is where they fall down. A sense of urgency is about making things happen daily, especially sales, that sales need to happen daily. Imagine if we opened a bricks, uh, a, a brick and mortar store. Or, or restaurant, uh, and you beautiful restaurant, you put a lot of time, money, energy, love into this restaurant, you open it up, and the first day, nobody walks in. The restaurant's completely empty. You've got food in the fridge, you've got staff, you've got all the advertising, you put all this money. The second day, you would know something is seriously, seriously wrong. If the second day, the restaurant remains empty, by day three, you would be in a panic. You'd be freaking out. You would be all hands on deck. You'd get into massive action to figure out, how do I get diners into my restaurant? But often, think back as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, one day goes by and there's no sale. Second day goes by and there's no sale. Third day goes by and there's no sale. Here's the mantra, my friends. Sales happen daily. It's so vitally important that you cannot ever let go of that sense of urgency because this is where companies and businesses go off the rails is they figure, well, the advertising hasn't kicked in. We haven't really launched our campaign yet. We're not really, you know, it's okay. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll do a big uh, launch next month. And it suddenly becomes okay not to make money. It suddenly becomes okay not to have sales happening on a daily basis. It is never okay that sales are not happening on a daily basis. Uh, Any sales organization, any major company, believe me, those sales vice presidents and those sales managers, they know that their team needs to bring in sales every single day, and so do we. Brilliant advice. I think what that does is I think that focuses the mind actually to to make sure every day is a good day for me, that... And to remind, remind yourself not to, sit back on, not to sit back on your laurels. Exactly right. And even thinking on a daily basis, what can I do? Maybe a sale doesn't happen every single day, but what can I do every day to move a sale or move a prospect forward? Yes. That's the real key is what, what are the touch points? What are the activities that I need to do that will bring me one step closer to a check? Well, I think also I think a mistake that a lot of people make in this field, particularly if they're a small, you know, they're a small uh, business or even an individual who is out there and speaking and blogging and um, 
under a particular subject. I think what often happens if you're trying to gain speaking engagements or, or coaching clients or whatever it may be for you is it's it's so easy to um, to, to to kind of have a few opportunities and see that as being potentially enough. But quite often, uh, I certainly found from my experience, you may have you may have three conversations with somebody who's warm before a sale actually occurs. So you need a lot more prospects in the pipeline to achieve. Yes. To achieve. Um, oh, my goodness. And how. And, you know, so I'm here, of course, in uh, in the U.S. where we're all crazy about the sport of baseball. And if, you, if you're batting 300, meaning that you you are able to get a hit – Three times out of ten, you're in the Hall of Fame. And it's yeah. the same with salespeople. You know, you're never going to close every prospect. Never. Not even half. If you can close between one out of four and one out of five, then you're a rock star in the sales arena. So you're right. You probably need four times or five times the prospects that you have. Don't count on those three hot leads being three sales because they're not. So you've, got, so you've got to get those get those appointments and conversations flowing at a high rate, haven't you, to convert them? Exactly right. It's both about quality and quantity. Yeah, yeah. Now, thought leaders need clients, and one of the things that the other thing that I think that particularly stood out for me when I saw you speak was the way that you recommended approaching potential clients, which was like an investigating journalist. Tell us more. Yes, well, any prospect, any highly placed executive, any person that you'd like to reach, uh, they are not going to be available to you with spam or through a cold call or just by knocking on the door. These people are behind bulletproof glass. The best way that I've found to penetrate that bulletproof glass and to build high-trust, high-value relationships with economic, de- economic decision-makers and, and highly placed prospects is what I call the interview strategy. So the interview strategy is about genuinely interviewing your prospects, writing up their answers and their success stories and their challenges and what they're working on and what their next level of success looks like when it comes to your, your area of expertise. And then you get two assets out of the interview strategy. Asset number one is that you will write and you should write the article. So maybe it's a 600-word six, to 800-word article that showcases them. It's another case of the flop strategy, right, because now you're featuring and leveraging other people. In this case, it's your prospects, and it's your prospects' companies that you're featuring and leveraging them. You're shining the spotlight on them. So now you have a publishing asset, and you have a relationship that you have opened the door to an ongoing series of touch points where you can continue to offer value and invite engagement long after that interview. So you're intentionally befriending your prospects by being radically helpful and radically generous after the interview. You're sending them another article. You're sending them a link. You're sending them a video. You're saying, you know, Chris, we talked about your challenges around employee retention. I just found this fantastic article on the website of the London Business School. Have a look at it. Feel free to share it with your team. Right, Every 7 to 10 days, you're sending them something valuable, useful, and relevant around an idea or a challenge or a problem that they talked about during the interview. And then here's the pivot. Here's the magic of the strategy, Chris. Around touch point 6 or 7 or 8, you've earned the right to say, you know, Chris, we've been talking a lot 
about your challenge around employee retention, I think there may be some ways that I can be more formally helpful to you. Would that be worth a short conversation? And of course, the most of these people will say yes, because you've been so helpful and so generous along the way. Now you're saying, well, let's formalize a relationship, meaning money changes hands. Let me be of service to you on a paid professional basis, and I can help you move the needle on this problem. That is the number one most overlooked, easiest, and most fun prospecting strategy that I've ever come up with and I've ever recommended. And my clients and audience members that use that strategy consistently report amazing results and amazing success with it. Excellent. Helpful, useful, and generous. Exactly. Now, aspiring and even fully-fledged thought leaders, they often go through issues of handling self-esteem and self-worth. What's your take on that? Well, so you brought up two great terms, and you know, I, I look at those two terms differently. So uh, self-esteem is how we think about ourselves in the shower. <laughs> so there you go, oh, man, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm fantastic. Look at this amazing physique that I have. I'm unstoppable. I'm terrific. So sometimes we have self-esteem problems, but usually our self-esteem is okay. Uh, self-worth is how we look at ourselves in terms of the marketplace, so self-esteem is how, how we look at ourselves in terms of ourselves. Self-worth is how do we look at ourselves in terms of others, specifically others in the commercial marketplace. So here's where the imposter syndrome kicks in. Here's where we think, oh, well, we're not smart enough. We're not good enough. You know, I'm good, but I'm no Chris Cooper. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that I'm worth this amount of money that I need to charge. I'm not sure that I have all the degrees and all the letters after my name. And I've only published three books. I haven't published five books <laughs> like this other person. You know, I, I, I only have one PhD. I don't have three PhDs like this other person. Now, here's the trick. And here's how to diffuse this very quickly. I will share this soundbite with you and you'll immediately know what I'm talking about. It is all the wrong people that have that syndrome because there are idiots out there that don't have anywhere near your value, your expertise, your experience, your track record, your conscientiousness, and they're making big, huge strides because they don't know any better. They're full of, you know, they're full of ego, they're full of uh, bravado, and they don't have one-tenth the value that they do, but th- that you do, but they're successful because they want to be or they don't know any better and they're not too smart for their own good. So the, sh- the sooner we can short circuit that imposter syndrome and really take to heart this concept that all the wrong people have that syndrome and it's the conscientious, wonderful, smart, high value people that have this syndrome and there are idiots out there that are very successful that don't have this syndrome, uh, that will start to get your head straightened out and quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people can can go through the whole life um, with that syndrome, can't they? And uh, not see the results that they really deserve as a consequence. Exactly right. I just want to know, we've got a couple of minutes now until I need to uh, wrap up the show. And I wondered what final messages, David, you'd like to leave us with. Well, it's very simple, Chris. And this is why I called my company Do It Marketing. This is why I called the book Do It Marketing. It's all about taking action. And not just taking action from this episode, But if you're a Chris Cooper fan like I am and you've listened to the episodes in the past, 
I would go back and say, what can I act on? What can I operationalize? How can I take Chris's advice and all the advice of his great guests? What are the two or three things I can do today? What are the two or three things I can do this week? Because the mantra is, action gives you traction, and only traction gives you results. So it's not about listening to all these great ideas. It's about implementing the ideas that you've heard to generate results. That's really a tremendous wisdom there because uh, if you went through these shows and you listened to, you know, it took away one or two key actions from each one uh, and you prioritize those, um, you know, some of the things that David said today, then you could, um, you know, that could have a huge impact. And uh, you, as David says there, you know, action gives you traction. I would say you've got to take action to receive. So uh, get taking action. Uh, and move things forward. Uh, also, I think um, you know, take take make things helpful, useful, and generous, as uh, David suggests. Uh, you know, focus on things that are easy, effortless, and enjoyable for you. So, worth taking the time to discover those and um, create a sense of urgency. I think that's a tremendous uh, idea to stick on your whiteboards. Uh, make sales happen daily. Uh, another tremendous thing. And also, don't compare yourself with others. Um, Think about your self-esteem and self-worth, um, but um, don't let them get in the way. Um, David, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I hope you've enjoyed being on today. Chris, this was tremendous fun, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. and uh, thank, you, thank you so much, for David, for um, doing a little bit at the end there for my own self-esteem as well. So really appreciate it. Wish you well at all, all you do. And if you want to find out more about the work of David Newman, do go to doitmarketing.com. Uh, there's a reason that that book um, of his um, the, is an Amazon bestseller of Do It Marketing. Uh, well worth um, acquiring that and, uh, and studying that as well, which will give you extra information over the interview today. And on next week's show, we have Dory Clark. And uh, almost as a, a supplement, complementary to this, we're going to talk about how to stand out next week. And I think that will build on even more. And um, so these, this show of David's and the one of Dory's will give you a tremendous insight if you are uh, looking to, um, to develop your own uh, thought leadership marketing and be someone who stands out, makes a difference, and one day can look back on your life and think, I, I would like to live that all over again because it went well. So I look forward to speaking to you all again next week. And do send any comments uh, to Chris at chriscooper.co.uk and do connect with David as well. Thank you. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management